0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com.
1: Good morning, Cornerstone. How you all doing? How are you doing? All right. It's, I'm so happy to be here this morning, sharing the world with you guys. I think we had an amazing time worshiping with God. And um, I'm just excited what God is doing in our church, in, the, in our mess. And I think the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of great things coming up. And uh, we're just excited about the kids. I'm excited about the, the midweek service. Excited about baptisms. Remember, baptismals is like, it's like like the ring that you, that you know, it's that symbol of marriage, you know. Um, I think it was last week when I was talking about baptismals. And and reminding people about it. You know, when you get married, you, you, you have a ring. And this ring means that this guy belongs to somebody. You know what I mean? So, it's taken or she's taken. And this is the symbol that, you know, puts that together. So, when you get baptized, that's exactly what it means. I belong to God. This is my declaration, my public declaration that I belong to God. That doesn't mean that you're perfect, no. That doesn't mean you're still going to start messing up. But the difference is that now you have His Spirit. Because when you become obedient to God, there is more resources for you from God available to just keep walking with God. So today, um, I have the privilege of preaching about bringing a little message with the time that I have. And and it's, it's, it's all about the Psalms, the book of Psalms. Now, it's the longest book in the Bible. It's 150 poems. That's what it is. It's 150 poems that, you know, they were written by different authors. I mean, different writers. Everybody thinks there was only David, the one who wrote uh, the book of, of Psalms. But... There's a, a lot of facts in, in this book that I just want to share with you. That like, I, well, like you always say, there's a lot of information. We can't cover 150. I love, you know, everybody have like a favorite f- f- psalm. Mine is Psalm 37. I love Psalm 23. We were just singing that. The Lord is my shepherd. Who can say amen to that? I shall lack nothing because he is our shepherd. Jesus when he was walking in earth, one of the books that he mentioned the most, it was exactly the book of Psalms. And when we see Jesus, a lot of people say, how do how can we see the Lord in every single book of the Old Testament? Well, we can see Jesus as the, our king. He's our king. We can see Jesus as the, the, the highest priest. But... Again, he, the best um, title that we can put in this book is that he is the good shepherd. He takes care of us. And um, a lot of people think that it was just 150 poems. It's 150, you know, um, chapters. But uh, in reality, it's five books. And most of you probably don't know this, but there's five books. There's five sections. In these five sections, at the end of every five sections, there is a doxology. Doxology means like a blessing. For example, let's go to Psalm 41, verse 13. And it says like this. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Every single one of those sections ends with a blessing. Every single one of them. If you go to you know the the last section of that book you can find that exactly but the book of psalms is considered the book of emotions it's the book where you express your feelings every time you read it i don't know if you if you realize that but every time somebody reads one psalm at the end of the service there's always always somebody saying I feel like that was, for me, how many know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, it's, it's like, it's what I'm going through right now. It's the situation that I'm going through. So you can find any expression of the human being in the book of Psalm. Let me give you a quick example. And if you like to write this down, write it down. If you don't like it, write it anyway. Um, if you were afraid, you know, 2020, a lot of people were afraid. What's going to happen? And then at the end of the year, what's going to happen with 2021? And the Bible says that let every day come with their burden, whatever it is. If you're afraid, you can read Psalm 56. But of course, one of the most uh, uh, the psalms that we know is Psalm 91. So if you're afraid, go ahead and find one of those and read it. If you're discouraged, if you feel like, Life is not fair, welcome to life. If you feel that, you know, the, the things are not going your way, you can read Psalm 42. If you feel lonely, please don't go and buy a dog. I'm lonely, I'm going to go get me a dog. Well, at least get a dog, not a cat. I'm like with Pastor Judd, I'm just kidding. If you're lonely, Psalm 71 or some 62. If you're you know, when David committed adultery, and then he didn't literally kill this guy, the, the husband of, of this woman that he committed adultery. When he committed that, he felt so much pressure after being convicted by the prophet. Remember, it has nothing to do with the message. But the difference between Saul and David was exactly in this situation. When they both were confronted by the prophet, Saul was looking for the price of people. He was trying to let in the pressure of people to act and do something that God never called him to do. The difference was that David realized that he committed sin, a double sin, horrible sin, but he humbled and asked for forgiveness. And that is exactly the difference that we see in people today. So if you feel oppressed by the sin, because we all sin. Maybe you say, well, you know what? Can we just take the killing out of it? You know, the cheating, I can probably, you know, handle it. Or can you find me a scripture where there's no cheating, maybe tax evasion? I don't know, something more that I can relate. Something smaller. But the Bible says when you feel oppressed by the sin, that's when he wrote the famous Psalm 51. If you're worried, and we all worry about it, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen with the economy? Are the taxes are gonna go up? What's, what's gonna happen in my situation with my family? Is everybody, are we gonna be okay? Is everything is gonna be okay? You can read Psalm 37 and Psalm 73. If you're mad, how many of you have been in a situation where you are really, really mad? Raise your hands. Okay, you're not only mad, but you're lying. You, you, because we all get mad at some point. But if you're mad, if you anger, you can read Psalm 58 and 13. If you're bitter, because, like I say, life comes with a lot of pressure. If you're bitter because that person didn't stay, if you're bitter because your business didn't grow, because you don't have that, you didn't have that job that you applied for, if you're bitter because that things are not going your way, you can read Psalm ninety-four and seventy-seven. If you feel rejected, Psalm eighty-eight. But again, if you're happy, you see, there's a lot of expressions in this book. There's feeling, human. Feelings, Because when we read the Bible, <clears throat> one of the biggest issues that people have is that I cannot relate to the Apostle Paul because he's in another level. He's a spiritual, I mean that is for, you know, the big guys, the big preachers. I cannot relate to this guy, I cannot. But when we read the book of Psalms, we understand that, you know what, I've been there. I feel like this guy. I feel like this situation and if you're happy, and if there's joy in your life, and you want to express it, you can read Psalm 40. And the last one is, if you're doubting, and many of us are in a situation where our faith, if you're lacking faith, if you feel like, I can't do it, I can keep doing this, I keep praying, I keep doing it, I keep coming to church, but I don't feel uh, and I don't see the change in my life. You can read Psalm 119. So whatever your situation is, whatever that can be, because your situation can be totally different for the person that is sitting next to you. There's a lot of people that say, well, I, I feel lonely. And loneliness has nothing to do with the feeling that, that you have a person next to you. It has nothing to do with company. Maybe you're feeling because people don't understand what you're going through. Because your partner doesn't know what are you going through. That's why it's so important for you to start reading this Bible. To start reading the book of Psalms. Because there were, the, the whole purpose of this book is what, that people were rejoicing and remembering what God did in, in the past. So the whole point was to declare and read the scriptures. In public, during church. Look at what says Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through what? Is it? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. It doesn't see Bruno Mars. Well, you know, that's the only guy that I can remember because I'm from I don't know, I'm from the '80s. you know? Peter Sateria, how many? How many from the '80s? Please say, "Amen, Amen, God bless you, God bless you." No, the old songs, the best generation. today's music has nothing to do with the music that we grew up. It says, "And songs from the Spirit, singing." To who? Today we sing to the, to the creation. Today we sing to people. Today we sing to the feelings. And the Bible teaches that we can relate to the feelings, but at the end, it's trying to teach us how can we depend dependent on God. Today's songs is like, I will, I will die for you. Really? Are you going to die for me? They're totally different. They said, sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And like I said in the beginning, everybody thinks that David was the only one who wrote those those psalms. There's like six or seven writers. There's anonymous uh, writers. In fact, David wrote... Basically, 70, 73 of those. There's some people think that he wrote 85, but at least we know that he wrote 73. His son, Solomon, King Solomon, wrote two. Psalm 72 and Psalm 127. And there is a special guy that you never thought that he wrote a psalm, and it's Moses. And if we put the, the psalms in order, we will, we, we we want, might think that the first psalm, the number one, will be the first one that was wrote by um, uh, by Moses, which is Psalm ninety. And like I said in the beginning, these five sections of the psalms are in line. And I don't know if you know this, but you have it in your outline. This five sections, they're related to the first books of the Bible, the Law, the Torah. The five books that Moses wrote in the beginning. Why? Because these five books. I'm going to, I'm going to take another way. You're probably thinking, are you going to preach about Psalm 23, 91, 51? Listen, I'm going to take it in another direction and see it's in your outlines, but I want you to bear with me what I'm trying to say because God always intended since the beginning for us to follow his, his roles, his law. That's why when you see the Bible and you see the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and the Deuteronomy, you can tell that God, when he allowed the book of Psalms to be rolled in that direction or in that way, he has something in mind. He always wants to remind us to go back to his book, to his promises, to his law. He wants us to live according, because that was his design since the beginning. For us to stay that this is the way I want you guys to live. If you follow this, and if you obey this, you will have success in life. The first book, and remember when I say the first book, it means the first section. It goes from Psalm 1 to Psalm 41. And it has to do, and it has, it is related to the book of Genesis. And it's basically the same message. It followed the same message. It was the, the, the message. The cry out of the men, the need. And when I say men, I, I literally mean men and women. Because, you know, today we're having that issue. But of the human being, the cry out of the human being for that need that only God can fulfill. That's why we're looking for every single area in our life. We're looking for something because we feel empty. We're looking, trying, to, people, things, you know, whatever whatever it is, to fill our life when the only one who can fill it is God. So if you go to Psalm 1, verse 1, it says like this. Blessed is the one who does who does not walk in the step of the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But those delight in the, is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Which yields it is fruit in season. And, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do, they what? It says, whatever they do, they prosper. In other words, what it's trying to say, is telling us the perfect situation of the man. When you see the Bible in the beginning, man was perfect, Genesis 1. Everything was perfect. And this is reminding us, once again, That God is in control When you look at that passage You see that you are going to prosper When you stay in God's boundaries If you follow his law If you obey him And then it keeps reading Psalm 2 and Psalm 3 You can see the rebellion You can see the rejection And then when you go to the second book From 4272 Which reminds us the book of Exodus And it tells us the experience that the children of Israel had to experience when they were in slavery. When they were oppressed. Once again, God reminds us from 42 to 72 that he is our deliverance. When you read those Psalms, you remember the power of God. The same power that delivered the children of Israel from Egypt with miracles and wonders is the same God that is here today and every time you read one of those psalms you can feel and you can experience that that power is available for you for your family for whatever situation that you're going through Psalm 46 verse 1 says God is our refugee and strength and ever-present help in trouble verse 10 on the same chapter 46 10 he says be still and i don't know for who this scripture especially it is but as god is telling us be still let god be god and know that i am god and i will i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth the Lord Almighty is what us. Can anybody say amen? He says, he it is what us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And at the end, if you see, there's always a little word that says, Salah. What that means is that you have to meditate. Don't just jump to the next chapter. Just meditate in what you just read. And remember... He is your fortress. He fights for you. Whatever situation that you're going through, just stay in his will. Wait for him to do something. Experience his power. Experience his love and his presence. From Psalm 90 to 106, it corresponds to the the book of From 73, I'm sorry, to 89, it corresponds to the book of Leviticus. And remember, the book of Leviticus, which I preach, now I preach to the book of Numbers, it reminds us the invitation that God did in the beginning of that book. It started with asking Moses, Come near me come get closer and God is in the in the tent in the tabernacle in the first question that he says is come and get closer to me in the book of leviticus remember is the book of how we enter into his presence and when you read those songs that reminds you that that invitation is still available to God is calling you Come near to me. I don't. I don't want to get into theology or your doctrine, or anything like that. But I do believe we can't live Sunday through Sunday. That's why when Pastor Jerry says we're going to go, we're going to do the uh, midweek service. I'm going to encourage you to come to be intentionally. Those that are in, in online watching the service, be intentionally to get connected. Because God is asking us, get close to me. Separate the time that you need so you can get close to God. Psalm 84 verse 1 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul germs, even faints for those cords on the Lord. My heart and my flesh cried out, for the living God you know it was the apostle Paul that says when my spirit wants to do something my flesh wants to do something else I don't know if you've been there but I've been there many times you know how hard it is to have your flesh and your spirit cried out for God you really have to be in a bad situation but God is telling us get closer to me Eighty-four, ten says better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere i will rather be a, i i i will rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god that dwell in the tents of the wicked when it says the doorkeeper it literally means the threshold i would rather be there being stepped by everybody I would rather be there than being somewhere else. And God is asking us; He's making that invitation available for every single one of us. And that probably doesn't have to be exactly, you know, this place, but He means it. You have to be intentionally to get closer to Him. If you need prayer at the end of the service, on my left, your right, there is a prayer station. There's gotta be a way where you say, you know what? I have to get connected with God somehow. If you have to make arrangements for Wednesday, do your best to come or to get connected. For some 90 to 106, I'm trying to finish as much as possible. For 90 to 106, it corresponds to the book of Numbers. And remember, the book of Numbers is the book of the wilderness. It's when there were in the desert and they experience the failure one day they were here another day they were there have you ever come to church and feel like man I feel so my faith is right here by the end of the week you feel like I don't know how I'm going to make it I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go to church if they offer me overtime I'm going to take it because our faith starts coming down our faith like, like our tank, our fuel tank start going down. Because you cannot expect in one hour and a half to be filled, um, encouraged in just one hour and a half when you had 166 hours in one a week. Where the world, the enemy, the situations are beating you up. And the people, the children of Israel experienced that in the wilderness. And they disobeyed and they laid the circumstances around them get into them and they start to failing they experience god's provisions they experience god's protections they experience you know the, the food that came from heaven the manna they experienced the water coming from the rock they experienced everything and then on the same, on the next chapter when you read that they still complain and they're complaining, and they're complaining. I want you to have a homework today. You say, I don't like this guy. He's giving me homework. I want you, when you get home, not now. When you get home, I want you to read Psalm 95. The whole chapter. It's really small. Psalm 95. Because that, that Psalm, it reminds us what happened when we obey God and what exactly when we don't. And, and and God is telling, I remember when your generation, the fathers, our grandfathers, test me in the wilderness. And let me tell you something. We have to start reading these songs to remind us because we have a generation behind us that needs fathers, grandfathers, they need a family that they need a really good foundation of faith. Because right now, what they're looking is they're relating to the God of their parents. And if we do not obey God right now, the next generation would have no idea who God was. And in the times that we're living, that's the direction that the enemy wants to take us. A few weeks ago, I went to the ark. A few weeks ago, just a week ago. And it was incredible how they put, they changed. I didn't know this. You know, Jesus Christ, last week when we celebrate, you know, his resurrection, he divided the, the time before, before, he, before Jesus and after him. Now, they took it away and they said, before coming era, little by little, they're trying to erase who Jesus is. He is the only one who separates He's our God. He's Almighty God, our salvation, our redentor. And if we don't do our job as the parents, as the the generation in charge right now, taking the next one to the next level, they will never listen and they will never remember who God is. Psalm ninety, verse twelve says, "Teach us." To number our days, that we might gain heart of wisdom. That was Moses. Teach us, Lord. Give us wisdom in the times that we're living. Let us not forget what you did in the past. Let us not forget how can we teach our kids how good you've been with us. and, and that's what we do when we read. The scriptures, Psalm 118, 24 says, The Lord has done in this every day, let us rejoice today and be glad. It's just a promise. This is the Lord that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. And you probably say, but I still have the same debt. I still have the same problem. But let, just remember, just remember, God is still in control. He's stubborn. He's in charge. He is the author of life. And if you put your trust in him, trust me, he will take you to the next level. Every time we read the Psalms, a lot of people, I heard a lot of people saying, you know what? I feel like this is for somebody else. My life is not that you know, uh, my life is more more quiet. Every time I read David or somebody else, there's always war, and there's always killing, and there's always blood, and there's always drama. But let me tell you something. His enemies is the same enemies that we have today. Nothing has changed. Ephesians six twelve says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. In other words, the number one reason this book was put together and God allowed it so we can have it today, is one and only one reason to remind us who he is and to help us worship, that's why when we worship, that's why it's so important that you come here early. Because when we worship, you probably say, "What do I get for me?" Listen, the Bible said that He is looking for a worshiper in a spirited, in spirit and spirit and true in spirit. And probably say, "What do I gain?" What you do? What dependency? You honor God. And through the book of Psalms, we are learning that we have to worship whatever the situation can be, whatever your feelings, whatever your emotions. And you hear it over and over and over. Do what your heart tells you to do. There's a lot of songs about that. Let your feelings guide your life. And that's the worst mistake we can take. Because every time we read this, we realize that we're not alone. We're not the only one who's going through this situation. Because when you read the Bible, you realize that every time David, for example, wrote something, he started, look how many enemies do I have? They multiply. Look at all my trouble. Look at all this situation. And it starts always with a bat. But little by little, it start getting better. And it start getting better little by little. And then by the end, he always finished exalting God, giving God the glory. Because it's okay to feel discouraged. It's okay to be worried. It's okay to be sad. What is not okay is staying there. What is not okay is that if you fail, you stay down. The Bible says that the, the righteous fell seven times, but seven times will go up again. And the Bible is teaching us to depend on Him once again. So whatever your situation can be, express it. Because that's what they did. They expressed their feelings to God. Now let me ask you this. Does God know what you're going through? Of course That he knows that you're mad. That he knows that you're discouraged. That he knows what you're going through. Of course he knows. But when you confess. When you are honest. And telling exactly what you're going through. It creates dependency. And you will surrender your life to him. Would you receive it today? Close your eyes. And bow your heads for one second. Heavenly Father and... We just thank you. We're grateful for everything that you have done in our lives. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the situations. We're not grateful because we are in a bad situation. We're grateful because in this situation, you are with us. We're not alone. We have your your world. We have everything that we need. Father, today we ask you to, to give us wisdom, just like Moses says. Help us count our days so we can bring wisdom to our heart, to make the right decisions, to identify our situations, to align our feelings and our emotions with with what your Bible says. And help us be guided by you in every circumstances. In the name of the Lord, amen.
0: Amen. So some of us, if you have heard this, but you don't know if you have that relationship with God, where you can be honest and you can be vulnerable with him and you can say, God, this is honestly how I'm feeling. The Lord wants to invite you into a relationship with him where you can be as honest as possible and where you can have relationship with him, knowing that he's going to be the one that shows up in our areas of weakness. He's going to be the one that shows up when you need him. Isn't that right? So let's just pray for those that maybe there's some watching online or somebody in the, in the house here that hasn't actually asked Jesus into their heart and come to that place of dependency upon a God who is always there for them. And let's just pray this prayer of salvation. Just repeat this after me. Father, we just thank you that you are here for us always and forever. Lord, I just ask that you forgive us of our sins. And I ask that you come into my heart, that my life would be changed by your presence. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I believe that you rose me up together with you, that I could have victory over my sin and that I could walk in freedom of forgiveness. I thank you for it now, Father, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, forgiven and free in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just give a hand clap for anybody that may have made that decision today. Those of you that um, are watching online, you can go to connect.corneroam.com and fill out that registration information online so that you can find out what your next steps are. You know, we never want somebody to make a decision and then just be left on their own. Our whole goal is to help everyone grow in their relationship with Christ and have community and people there to surround them and help them. So uh, go ahead and fill that out if you're online. And if you're here in the house, in the back of your chairs, you should have some Connect cards that you can fill out as well and you can turn those in in the offering box. Well, let's all stand up. And before you leave, I'm just going to pronounce the the numbers blessing over us. And let's use our faith. Let's just believe what the Lord says is true about this. Isn't that right? So the word says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Aren't you glad that He looks upon us with favor and with peace and with joy? We have a good God, don't we? Amen. You can be dismissed and have a blessed rest of your week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.